actually going to start with that last part of that passage that the harvest is abundant, but the laborers are few. Um, one of the beautiful things about the Marian fathers here, and you being part of our Marian family, is our vocations. Um, we just celebrated this past weekend the ordination of now Father Timothy, Father Tim Childers, and we've got some amazing men coming up behind them, two right here to my right, and Steve and Ryan. They are um, two of the farther ahead in the formation than, than most of the brothers, so they'll be ordained, God willing, soon. But first, in order for us to get to that point, we have to overcome the evil one. We don't hear much about the preaching of hell and Satan from the pulpit anymore. And I think that's very unfortunate. The four last things are things that I've been trying to preach on. Uh, death, judgment, heaven, and hell. And the reality of the evil one. And we see it right here in the gospel passage. Now I find this interesting <clears throat> because today is St. Benedict's feast day. But this is not the reading proper to his feast day. This is the reading of the day. So it's just coincidental that it fell on St. Benedict's feast day, but it couldn't have been more appropriate, I think. Now, St. <clears throat> Benedict was uh, one of the older of our saints. He lived in the fourth, fifth century, actually. He was born in 480, uh, lived a long life till 543-ish. He's the patron saint of Europe, and students. Man, if we ever needed a patron saint today, it's those two. Europe, as much trouble as we have in the United States, Europe is even more advanced in their difficulties and loss of faith. We need to pray for our brothers and sisters in Europe. And of students, oh my, where do we even begin? I was just reading now that 40%, 40, not 14, 40% of the students at Brown University now identify themselves as LGBTQ plus A. What? It, it, this is shocking. Um, 40%. He's the patron of students. Let us pray for our students. Now, who was he? Real quick, the rule of St. Benedict. Uh, he's known as the father of Western monasticism, of the monks. It contained a rule of life, how the monks were to live. He also founded 12 other uh, communities of monks. People don't really know this. So again, that's why we call him the father of Western monasticism. And it basically is based on a wisdom of two kinds. Spiritual, which obvious is obvious, how to live a life, Christ-like life here on earth being led by the Spirit, but also, and this is where I fall into my trap most hours of the day, administrative. Um, my administrative duties keep me busy from 6 a.m. to midnight every day because there's just so much to do now with all the paperwork and the diocese, with you know, um, all the rules now that we follow as a church, and, you know, employee issues. We have a lot of employees here. So there's a lot of that. And that's the second part of the wisdom of the rule of St. Benedict, how to run a monastery efficiently. So this pope, or uh, this, this saint is perfect, I think, for me today. That's why I just ordered from our gift shop a St. Benedict medal. I haven't been wearing one. I used to wear the St. Benedict cross. And I'll talk a little bit more about that. 
But anyway, um, he was a normal man. I, I, I love this guy because he was certainly normal and he spoke about that. In fact, he fell in love, deeply in love with a woman. And he tried to make that decision. I'm like, wow, I can, you know, relate because what happened was um, he went to go actually to live with her in a cave for three years. And so we don't think of St. Benedict, this long bearded holy monk, having lived with a woman for three years in a cave. Uh, but then the monks asked him, the local monks, to be their abbot. So he left the cave, kind of like Plato, and he did. He left the cave and he became their abbot. But like most other things, things didn't work out. And legend goes that they tried, he was their leader, they didn't like him. I'm like, okay, Lord, <laughs> what's going to happen to me? They tried to poison him. So they tried to poison him in his drink, but he prayed a blessing over the cup and did a blessing over the cup and the cup shattered. And so he was not poisoned. Then they tried to poison him in his bread. And so legend has it that when he was praying a blessing over the bread, a raven swept in the window and flew away with the loaf of bread so he didn't get poisoned. That's why the Benedict Medal, he actually shows a raven on it. And so anyway, this is a, an important saint. Um, and so in 1647, that's when the witchcraft hysteria was strong, uh, there was a witchcraft trial near the Metten Abbey in Bavaria. And the woman admitted she was a witch. She wasn't just accused of being a witch. She said she was a witch. And she testified when they were trying to ask her what she did and how she did it. She said she had power over all the neighboring towns given to her. That's how the Pharisees just accused Jesus that he gets his power from Beelzebul. She admitted she got her power from the evil one, but she had no power over the abbey. This is the witch who said this because it was under the protection of this cross. Now we know it's the Benedict cross. And so very powerful. Now, how did he live his life? Well, first of all, um, again, he was a normal guy. And once a year, he would meet with his twin sister. You may have known her named Saint Scholastica. So once a year, he would meet with her. But I found it interesting. One time when Benedict uh, was meeting with her, he said it was time for him to leave. And Saint Scholastica, many believe maybe she sensed her own death was near. Uh, she asked him to stay with her for the evening and they could keep discussing God. And he didn't want to break his own rule because he set a rule for the monks. And so he refused, saying he needs to return to his cell. He has a curfew. So he was obeying his own rule. And so at that point, Scholastica, she closed her eyes, began to pray, and in a moment, a wild storm, this, this huge storm broke out, kind of like we have here in Stockbridge. My goodness, we almost floated away yesterday. But anyway, this big storm comes, and Benedict asked her, he says, what have you done? <laughs> and she said, well, I asked you, but you wouldn't listen. So I asked God for you to stay with me, and he listened. 
And so basically, she said to him, now go off, leave me and return to your monastery. It was the first example of a guilt trip, right? <laughs> and so she said, go, go, go back to your monastery. Well, he couldn't. He was unable because the storms turned violent. And so they stayed in their discussion that night. Well, anyway, three days later, the legend says that Benedict was in his cell and he saw his sister's soul uh, leaving the earth and she was ascending to heaven in the form of a shining white dove, right? And so um, very powerful story. And then he himself later died at Monte Cassino. But he's an amazing saint because this is the one we need today for the battle of we face in spiritual warfare. All right, spiritual warfare, you've heard me talk a lot. The two tools are, are Mary and, and the divine mercy, Mary and Jesus, Mary, divine mercy. That is the two tools of spiritual warfare. But in order to know that, I'm going to have one of the brothers here, Ryan or Steve, read in paragraph 1760 in St. Faustina's diary, Jesus actually taught St. Faustina about spiritual warfare. He actually gave her a retreat. I can't read the whole passage. It's very long, but I'm going to have him read that first paragraph. And Jesus gave her a retreat on how to handle spiritual warfare. Now, one of the things he said, and that we know from our tradition of the church, is you got to know the tactics of the enemy, okay, and how the enemy works. You fight that with humility. This is why the Blessed Virgin Mary is so important. Satan fears here her more than God, because in his pride, he can halfway understand getting beat up on by God. He's God. Satan knows that. He's intelligent. He's wise. But in his pride, he can't accept being beat up by a 15-year-old Jewish girl. That's why he fears Mary more than Satan. This is what the saints tell us. Now, the extraordinary activities of the devil are things we don't believe exist today. And so one of the first things we want to say is, the evil one does manifest himself. Now, mostly it's in an unseen way. Um, he can manifest in your thoughts. Remember, Satan has access to your intellect, right? He can take your mind and play it like a VCR. Like maybe you had sins of the past of impurity or something. He could put that VCR tape in, hit rewind and make you go back there and cause you to sin. Um, he does that, he, but he cannot, he can't touch your will. He cannot make you do it. That's why I always tease cameraman Giuseppe. Cameraman Giuseppe, every time something goes wrong or we make a mistake, the other couple months ago, we had an uh, error on one of our EWTN shows. And in the middle of my talk, up pops Father Gabe preaching the mass. <laughs> and so, so I said, uh, cameraman Giuseppe, what happened? He says, the devil did it. The devil did it. And I said, no, cameraman Giuseppe did it. So he started laughing. But the devil can't force our will, right? He can't make us do anything. Um, he can affect our intellect, but he can't touch our will. But the thing is, sometimes he will manifest himself. And we don't believe that it is the evil one. Now, his, his intent is destruction, right? Destructive work, and he can manifest himself, not just in thoughts, but in the physical realm. So how does he usually manifest? Well, he can start with simple things like infestation. What's infestation? That is the physical objects that Satan can use. They can move, they can levitate, they can fly through the air. Father Don said his very first night 
30 years ago that he stayed here at the National Shrine. He wasn't even a priest, he wasn't even a brother yet. He was just here and a, he was praying and he felt here at the shrine that there was an attack of the evil one because all the work of divine mercy that goes on here and Satan wasn't happy. And Father Don said a Kleenex box literally lifted up off the, off of the, uh, cat, uh, the dresser and flew across the room and hit him. So the evil one can have this manifest, excuse me, this manifestation of objects. This is called infestation. Now, the next level is oppression. Now, oppression describes demonic attacks, just like we read here in the Bible, but this goes even deeper. The demoniac was possessed. But many of us can be victims of oppression. This is the demonic attacks on a victim's exterior life. Uh, influences on your health, your finances, your work situation, your family, <clears throat> being torn apart because the evil one is convincing them that, that the pride movement is love and, and that you're a hater because you're Catholic. That's the evil one. And so he can cause division in the family. It may even include physical assaults, right? John Vianney used to get whip marks, right, from the evil one. So that's oppression. Then we go to obsession. The evil one can manifest in obsession. This involves a bigger attack. Unlike obsession, I'm sorry, unlike oppression, which is your exterior life, obsession, he gets into your interior life. He gets into your spirit. So intense that you may seem like you're going insane. Hallucinations, um, temptations to suicide. Now the evil one's starting to get a little bit deeper. All right. Then the fourth and in, in, in most serious is possession. Um, this is the most dangerous. Now don't automatically think you're possessed. In most cases, the church acknowledges that it's a psychological issue. But possession is possible. And here is the most dangerous but rarest form of extraordinary demonic activity. Now, what happens is an evil spirit controls the body, both exterior and interior. So again, in oppression, you have the exterior, Satan is getting to you. In obsession, the interior, Satan is getting to you. Now, when he takes possession and controls the body and the soul and the exterior and the interior, you have possession. But usually the, the possessed is not aware of it, all right? And so an alien voice may speak, um, revealing knowledge of hidden things. But remember, Satan can't reveal sins you've confessed unless God allows it for the glory of him. But it could take on an ancient language. This is why I don't have any doubt why it is real and authentic. How could a 16-year-old girl know how to speak ancient Aramaic who's never learned one word in ancient Aramaic and she can suddenly speak it fluently? How, how do you explain that? It is the demonic. The person will exhibit revulsion at the names of Jesus and Mary, anything to do with the church, anything to do with a consecrated host, sacred relics, or sacramentals like a crucifix or holy water. Those are signs. And so I want to finish by saying one of the best sacramentals is the 
sorry we don't show slides during homilies, we do on our Saturday talks, but the Benedict Medal uh, or a Benedict Cross, if you're wearing the cross with the crucifix, sometimes in the intersection of the cross is a round medal. If you have one, then that is a St. Benedict Cross. And I just want to say a couple of quick things about that. On this Benedict Medal is a lot of power. It's a sacramental, not as powerful as the sacraments, but it can help you. Um, has, it has Benedict on one side with a raven and a cup. We just explained that. They tried to poison him. He shattered the cup. They tried to poison his bread. The raven flew away with it. And on the other side is a cross with the initial CSSML. That's a Latin expression. I won't read that. But anyway, may the holy cross be my light. And then on the horizontal bar are the initials N, N as in Nancy, D, S, M, D, which stand for the Latin for let not the dragon be my overlord. And then finally, around the medal's margin on the same side is the Latin VRSM, I'm sorry, VRSNSMV, which is Latin for begone Satan, do not suggest to me thy vanities. And then the initials SMQLIVB, which is the Latin for evil are the things Thou preferest, drink thou thy own poison. It's a command to be gone, Satan. And so I wear the brown scapular. Um, we Marians also wear the blue scapular. But I also just ordered my Benedict medal because I can start to sense little ways that Satan is trying to get in to, to now as provincial superior with causing division with some brothers and some brothers not liking certain things and talking behind brothers' backs. And I, I don't want this. I'm gonna call our brothers together in our retreat coming up in August to pray in Novena that we are gonna pray for brotherhood and for the removal of the effect of Satan that wants to divide, especially a community that is spreading divine mercy and you too will be attacked if you are following divine mercy and you are part of our Marian family. Don't be afraid. This is, Christ talks about this. Christ says this is part of what we go through. Just protect yourself. Most of all, with the sacraments, confession, communion, make sure you're baptized and confirmed. And then the sacramentals, crucifixes, holy water, prayers to the saints, St. Benedict, and the brown scapular, the blue scapular, the green scapular. It's great because you don't have an enrollment. You can put it under the bed of somebody who's not a believer. And the St. Benedict medal. The St. Benedict medal is a great way to ward off the attacks of the evil one, especially when he's giving his last attack um, before he knows his time is up. So let us be protected. St. Benedict, pray for us. Hello, I'm Father Thaddeus Langton of the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception, and I'm excited to let you know about my new podcast with Father Timothy Childers called Keeping It Marian. To access the podcast, simply visit divinemercyplus.org or search Keeping It Marian on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or on whatever podcast platform you prefer. 
I want to share with you the riches of the charism of the Marian Fathers, which is the mystery of the Immaculate Conception, how it touches our lives as consecrated priests and religious, and how this mystery can bear fruit in your life, especially by keeping the Word of God and pondering it in our hearts in imitation of our Blessed Mother. I hope you'll join us. Again, it's called Keeping It Marian. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.